Hi, Pastor Greg here. I am the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Montana. You are listening to the live Sunday service that streams most Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you would like to listen to past broadcasts, you can find us at www.agjordanmt.com. You can find links for our live broadcast as well as links to past broadcasts. Look for Jordan Assembly of God Church on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. Or if you like to watch the service, you can follow the video links and subscribe to be notified when we go live. We are doing a series on both letters written to the Christians in Thessalonica called Thessalonians. So without further introduction, Thessalonians. We have been, we are in 1 Thessalonians part 4. This one is going to be witnesses with character. Some of the things that we have learned and gone through, and we're just going to kind of go through some slides here. The very um, next slide we have, and if we just keep on airing down, we have the message was given with power, and that is the character with which uh, the very next one, um, which is your character, and that character is the fruit of the Spirit that is actually coming down within. And then the actual Holy Spirit, so he says the message with power and then with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the very next one, goes in and the Holy Spirit convicts, according to Jesus, he convicts the world, if you go down, convicts, reproves, and confutes. Now, if you're wondering, boy, confute is kind of a really, really old word. It is. It's not used very much. But it actually means to uh, to tear down arguments. It's to prove wrong. It's to point out errors. So the Holy Spirit is actually the one that that points out errors in things. Turns out it's not necessarily us. We're to testify, but it's the Holy Spirit that proves wrong. And when it, when the Holy Spirit comes, it convicts, reproves, and confutes. And in the next one of sin because of the unbelief of people not believing in Jesus. The very next one is righteousness, because Jesus goes to the Father, and that is proof positive that Jesus uh, is the Son of God, and that the light has come into the world, and the, and the world loved darkness rather than the light. We find that out in John 3. And then the very next one is of judgment, that the ruler of this world is being judged. Okay? This actually informs us of the fact that at some point in time, there is going to be a judgment. At some point in time, there is going to be a time where things are going to be judged. And there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is consequences, and we need to be aware of that. And then the very very next thing that the Holy Spirit does is he leads us into all truth. So what Jesus says is that the Holy Spirit, everything that, that the Holy Spirit gives us, he gets from from the Son, and everything the Son gets comes from the Father. And so that coming down. So leads into all truth. And we have been learning about to, to know truth is to know Jesus, to know Jesus is to know God, to know God is to love him so that you might live. So, so literally speaking, the Holy Spirit leads us into that truth. So if you want to know where the truth is, we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit to do it. 
And then the lastly things that we've learned in the book of Thessalonians is the fact that when the when Paul and Silas and Timothy were were um, were there, they were with all assurance. They presented themselves with that grace. Now, Greg, I know what grace is. Okay, so grace is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in our life. So they weren't just coming into an area, but they were living the grace of God. That that thing that 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 Holy Spirit that work within, and then presenting it because of all the struggles that they were going through. And so that brings us into First Thessalonians, um, chapter one. And in First Thessalonians chapter one, we're going to be going into verse six. And it says this, and you became followers, talking to the people, the believers in Thessalonica, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for this day. I pray, Father, that our hearts and minds will be open to your word, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. In your name I pray. Amen. We're in, if you'll flip over to, if you're not already there, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to be uh, in chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. We're just going to be kind of referencing that. We're going to be talking about a little bit of the foundation for witnessing, which is, which is basically, uh, remember, kind of one of my major passions is uh, witnessing by character. Okay, that being the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's within. So, um, and the Holy Spirit, he's not the debater, but he's the computer of the world. We talked about that. And then grace, that divine influence upon our heart and its reflection in our life. Um, and where do we get these? We get these from a description of, of the ministry to Thessalonica, both in the letter First Thessalonians as well as in the book of Acts when it was described again. And the message as well that the apostles bore witness of, the Holy Spirit testifying of, and the grace of God lived out in front of them. So according to verses 6 through 10, which we read this morning, that event had such an effect on, on the people in Thessalonica that it affected them. Now, you may be wondering what the difference between effect and affect are, but there are some large differences between those two words. But effect is not used as much and as a matter of fact as i was typing up my notes i was in i was in microsoft word and it uses a dictionary and it wanted to always change the word effect to effect 
and I know it's not effect, but I'm highlighting that one minor difference in effect and affect. So for your, for your grammar people, hopefully I'm not offending you too much. <laughs> but effect is really not concentrating on a whole lot. The effect of something, an event happening, is in today's day and age is, is way more important a lot of times. But we are going to focus today on the differences and how an effect of an event needs to translate into effect. This is so you can be and we can all be effective ministry and our daily walk. So if you do not take the effect of your uh, of an event in your life and make it an effect, then it doesn't affect you. It has nothing in there. And so you start to think about the past rather than what is going on right now because the event is what becomes more important than what is happening right now. Let me give you this example. Remember when this time, uh, boy, wasn't that a really great time? Wish we could have that again. That is an effect. The relationship with God is not based on effect. It's based on an effect and how it's based on the future. So remember, the Holy Spirit leads into all truth and tells us what are things to come. Not an effect, not just an event, but something that is actually going to be happening and the things that are happening in today's day and age. So effect simply means this. To cause to be, to bring to pass. As a dictionary definition of effect, to cause to be, to bring to pass. The next step is to take the effect that whatever was in your life and make it into an effect. But effect is not as cool as effect because an effect has more of an emotional, it's something that happened. You will find an effect during worship services, during um, uh, like uh, prayer meetings, during all these things. There's events or effects that happen during it. Uh, Bible camps is a good example. Um, uh, men's uh, meetings is a good example. You go to this event and you have an effect that actually happens to you. But if you only like take that and not make it an effect, you're just making decisions based on that event. An effect, on the other hand, is deeper and requires change. Here's the definitions of an effect. Effect comes from the Latin term officio, which means to make, to desire, to make to, to produce an effect, to act upon, which is to produce an effect, and we are not done. <laughs> to aim at, to aspire to, to love or regard with fondness, to imitate in a manner not natural for you, to study the appearance of what is not natural, and then model yourself up after it. So if I was to summarize this word, and I know there's a lot of definitions there, effect is to love with a desire and fondness so much that you study it 
and though it is not natural for you, you model yourself after it. So it's not just what happened in the past. And we're just going to pause there. To take the gospel message and make it yours by getting to know it. Effect, most oftentimes, is an emotional response. Effect is a decision. Emotions never stand against other emotions. If you're making an emotional decision, it will bump up against when you are hurt or when you are angry or when something is going on with bitterness or anything else like that. So you have this event and it really affected you or affected you. But that event, if you stay in the emotions, what will happen is that life will rise up and it will try and actually convince you that that is not the way. So I go to this event and I come to know Jesus in such amazing way but I need to take that relationship and I need to walk it out. I need to look at it. I need to study it to such an ex a, 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 with such a desire and a fondness that I make something that is not naturally me to become my own. To model my life after something that I see that's not natural. I don't know about you, but it's not natural for me to love my enemies. I don't know about you, but it's not natural for me to respond nicely to a person who is, who is yelling at me. It is not natural for me to stay silent when I'm being accused of things that I never did. It is not natural for me. But yet it is exactly the characteristic of Jesus and what he showed. Because he went through every one of those things. And yet, he only spoke when it was absolutely necessary and most of the times he didn't speak at all. It is not natural for me. But yet, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is within me is doing exactly what is not natural for me to do. So I need to take the event that had such an effect upon my life and I need to make that effective in me. so that it affects my heart, it affects my life. Right? Effect only causes something to happen, but affect? Wow. Because that points to the future. We do not want to get ourselves stuck in events because we're always going to be pointing back to the events. The message of the Holy Spirit is now. The witness of the Holy Spirit, it says it testifies of Jesus. It's not testifying of Jesus in the past. It's testifying of Jesus right now. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we might, so that we might be cleansed by his precious blood. So that we, so the sacrifices of our price of our sin is is done away with. He rose again so that we might find life. 
The Holy Spirit testifies of of the fact of what happened, sure, but he's testifying of Jesus right now. And where is Jesus right now? At the right hand of the Father. I'm not serving the grave, okay? The grave is empty. I'm serving a risen Savior. And guess what? He's in the world today. I know that he is living, no matter what men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. The message of the Holy Spirit is not in the past. The message of the Holy Spirit is right now. That's why we need to get ourselves out of focusing on what has happened and focus on what is happening right now. It's like, well, haven't you seen the news? Everything is bad going on. Yeah, I've seen the news. And you know what? God says he does not give a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I do not fear what the world can do to me. Because there are things, it, it, Greg, the things are going crazy nuts around here. Yeah, when have they not gone crazy nuts? I was mentioning this in Sunday school today. Back in 2012, we were looking at 1990s and thinking that that was the good years. Now I'm in 2023 and I'm thinking 2012 was good years. There's always going to be times where things are going to go crazy nuts, but here's the thing that never changes. He is the beginning and he's the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing that goes on that he does not know about, and there's nothing that goes on that he can't handle, and there's nothing that goes on in your life that he can't walk you through. So despite the chaos that is going on, we need to find contentment not in the things that are going on, but in the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is witnessing to our lives right now that the Spirit that, that Jesus, who's at the right hand of the Father, has everything under control. People like to come, and, I, and I'll be guilty of it as well, too. Oh, we're spinning out of control. We're not spinning out of control. It, the world just likes to make you think that we're spinning out of control because God knows exactly what's going on, and God has an, a perfect plan of exactly what is happening. What we need to do is pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our people. We need to ask for favor. We need to pray for salvation for people. We need to pray for and love our enemies. We need to do exactly what we need to do. I treat people, or we need to be treating people, not based on how they treat us, but based on how we need to be treating them, despite how they're treating us. In the very next slide, you cannot witness the past. You can testify of the past in order to witness the future. And the Holy Spirit testifies of the Christ now. If the people in Thessalonica, going back into Thessalonians, if the people in Thessalonica was only focused on events, this is how it would kind of sound. Remember when Paul, Silas, and Timothy were here? Man, really felt the Spirit then. Or when Timothy came back, oh man, that was really refreshing. I cannot wait to have that happen again. Where's the focus? The focus is on the event, not on the change. But the people of Thessalonica, 
looked upon what was different, unnatural, not the same, loved it and went after it to such an extent, to such an extent that it spread to Macedonia and Achaia. It is 60 miles from Thessalonica to Macedonia to Achaia. It's a 35, it's 110 miles and it's a 35 hour, it, take, it would take you 35 hours to walk. Okay? So just to compare, if you were to go from Jordan to Miles City, that's 83 miles and it would take you 27 hours to walk. And if you go from Jordan to Winnet, that's 76 miles and that would take you 25 and a half hours to walk. So just to can, kind of give you. So the message of what is going on in Thessalonica spread in, in, in the closest approximation, spread as far as Mile City from Jordan and as far as Winnet from Jordan. They took the what Paul, Silas, and Timothy walked in. They took the, that which they saw and they said, you know what? That's it right there. I'm going to, I'm going to, take all my idols, I'm going to take every single thing that I actually did, I'm going to take all that stuff, and I'm going to shove it aside, and I am going to dedicate my life to following after the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. And I'm going to allow that. And you're thinking, oh, well, this is just years, Greg. No, this was literally mere months. And the only time that Paul was there was only a few weeks in Thessalonica. It wasn't long. We're not talking like a 10 or 11 year ministry within Thessalonica. We're talking about a few weeks where people saw it and said, I give my life to follow after Jesus to such an extent that they were talking about it in Macedonia and they were talking about it in Nicaea. Mere months difference. You know what God can do? That's what God can do. You know how God can change hearts? That's how God can change hearts. We focus on the ministry. We focus on the fruit of the Spirit. We get into that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. We allow the one-on-one -on -one relationship with God to minister a fruit that we are giving to other people as we are witnessing to them. Greg, I don't really talk to a whole lot of people. That's fine because honestly, like every single minister that's actually actually told me, 90% of your ministry is without words. You really don't have to do a whole lot of ministry with words. It's all in the character that which with what they see. Sometimes the greatest thing that you can give a person is a smile. Sometimes the greatest thing that you can give a person is tears when they're crying. Sometimes the greatest thing that you can do for a person is to get right beside them so that they know you're there. It is the ministry and the witness of the Holy Spirit because it is the Holy Spirit that testifies of Christ. The testimony of Jesus Christ is found in the fruit that the Holy Spirit has developed in you. And you are that person. I'm going to end this. That we may be witnesses with character.
that we may be witnesses with character. That character is developed not in necessarily a whole lot of doing. It's actually in a whole lot of prayer. And it's a whole lot of getting into the word. And it's a whole lot of just allowing God to work. And then when he works, you allowing that work to actually do something. Really, a lot of that is just you walking out what God is doing. That's all you're doing. You're just walking out what God is doing. God showing you love, show love to other people. God showing you forgiveness, show forgiveness to other people. If somebody is angry with you, find out why they're angry and then do what you can and do all you can to live peaceably amongst one another. Do everything you can to not get and devolve into arguments or things that are, are disagreements. There's no point in disagreements. It doesn't work. It doesn't happen. There's no reason to get into disagreements because it doesn't solve anything. What is the most important? The most important is that people learn and see and feel and know the love of Jesus Christ in their lives so that they might have a relationship with him. And it doesn't matter if they're your enemies or not. Can you see your enemy and say, boy, I want that person next to me worshiping God with a changed relationship, with a changed heart and a changed life? I don't know why, but the message of the cross and the switchblade, I don't know if anybody is aware or familiar, it came up in, in Sunday school class. Arlene and I are still trying to remember exactly uh, Mickey's name. But um, all I know, I, I can just remember his name. But this pastor goes down and into the, the basically the, the seedy part of a town. And he ministers to a gang leader in this whole entire gang. And there's a whole lot of stuff that is going on. And, and he just keeps on ministering and ministering and ministering. And, and they're fighting him and they're fighting him. They steal his car. They do all sorts of stuff. Things happen in his life and whatever. That same young man comes to know Jesus that same leader of the gang comes to know Jesus and he ministers and witnesses. And if I remember correctly, if he is still alive, he was a pastor last I saw. You cannot look at what you see. You have to look at what Christ can do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may be witnesses for you. That we may walk with the character and as Paul mentioned in Colossians, I pray, Father, that we may have all the knowledge of your desire with wisdom and with all understanding, that we may walk worthy of the path, that we may be steadfast, and that we may be grounded in the word. I pray, Father, that you be glorified in our hearts and minds. And I pray, Father, that many will come to know Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I hope that you enjoyed it. To follow along with this series, you can go to www.agjordanmt.com and following the links for current and past broadcasts. I hope that you have a wonderful day.